Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in and sharing this with your compadres. The tribe is getting bigger, so I appreciate you all telling your friends about this. It's always nice finding another chili head to come across the Craft Hot Sauce podcast. So I got a few more followers when I was down visiting some friends and down there in New Orleans for a conference. It was a blast. It was fun having a lot of great food, meeting up with some friends, getting to know a lot of, did I say eating food? The food was just amazing and everything was in crystal. So that was a lot of fun as well. When I was down here, I recorded the podcast with Smokin' Ed Curry, who's on the episode today. The the audio is not up to my standards. I'm sorry about that. I, hopefully you can get through this, but the podcast itself is awesome because Smokin' Ed is awesome. He's a hot sauce and pepper groin legend, if you don't know him already. Uh, he is at Pucker Butt Pepper Company, try to say that 10 times, and the maker of the world's hottest peppers. So you might know the Carolina Reaper, you might know Pepper X, those are created by Ed. So I've known of Ed for a long time. This was actually the first time I actually got to talk to him. Really nice really genuine person and he's also a wealth of knowledge about growing peppers and hot sauce. So Ed is going to be at the New York Hot Sauce Expo this weekend so say hello to him and feel free to test out your capsaicin levels. I'm going to be there trying one of these hottest hot sauces. He thinks it's the hottest hot sauce he's done yet so you'll hear more about that uh, in the podcast but uh, I, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I had to think about, about that for a second, but I'm looking forward to it. The music today is from Sun Parade. They're out of Northampton, Mass. And this is their song, Psycho. So we're just going to do the intro of that now. The whole song will be at the end of the podcast, and you can find out where to see them for some shows coming up in late April, early May. But here we go. We got Psycho now from Sun Parade and Smoking Ed. Let's go. so much for taking your time no thank you for giving me the honor of being here absolutely so i came I, i've known of you since i started crafthotsauce.com in 2014 i think you were one of the first things when i started like searching about hot sauces to start blogging about that you came up in, in your hottest peppers um, but you were also the most recent person uh, that came up. I, I, I work for a kind of ed tech company and somebody slacked me saying, do you hear about this thunderclap headache? That's, it was an article in the New York Times. And of, of course, you're, you're the one behind uh, the, one of these creations. That, and so a 37-year-old man, I'm just kind of quoting from the New York Times, showed up in, in Cooperstown with what clinicians call a thunderclap headache. So he ate a whole Carolina Reaper, uh, which they claim is the hottest pepper in the world. But we'll, we'll, we'll dig into more of what actually is the hottest pepper in the world. Um, while participating in a hot sauce pepper eating competition and kind of got this pain in, in his neck and head that came on like a thunderclap. To, to tell me about uh, kind of some of these peppers and, and actually what, what it's been like um, with all the press. I'm sure that you're getting a lot of people reaching out to you to kind of want to hear behind about what's really behind these peppers and everything. All right. Well, let's, first address the medical issue because uh, <laughs> a, a yeah. couple of more articles have come out since then and uh, thunderclap headaches are caused by a constriction of uh, the capillaries and arteries uh, and capsinoids actually don't constrict they dilate uh, so this man was predisposed to this condition or he had a predisposition to an allergic reaction to capsinoids when it happened. Uh, most of the medical professionals out there don't believe that capsinoids can cause a thunderclap headache. Mm. But that article came out right after uh, that Guinness released the new world record for the Carolina Reaper at 1.641 million, which was last Friday also. Uh, 
they had us recertify uh, the Reaper. They said it was going to be a personal or a product endorsement record and then changed it back to a personal record and did the recertification. So we actually just got a a new world record. Uh, Congratulations. But yeah, uh, no, that's totally awesome. First time someone's got it twice, uh, which is really cool. But uh, like right now, I'm short of breath. Uh, I got snot running out my nose. <laughs> Excuse my language. I'm drooling Trying to convince bit. you to the video to turn on. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I've been sitting in the chair for about an hour just cramping up uh, because I tried. Uh, we have uh, several peppers that are much hotter than the Reaper, and I tried some mash of one that's really promising. Uh, that I'm making a sauce for to test out for uh, people in the hot sauce community. They're going to try it at the New York City Hot Sauce Festival and give us some feedback on the taste of the pepper and the heat and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I already know what they're going to say about the heat because I don't normally cramp like this. I, I can eat pretty much anything, and uh, this is hurting me pretty bad. So Wow. Right, right now I'm suffering what most people suffer, which is uh, – the reactions the body has to capsinoids that everyone knows about. Yeah. And, um, I, I'd love to kind of hear your take on this because, um, I, I had mine, I had my first experience kind of where I pushed, pushed through the different levels of, uh, capsaicin and, uh, and entered the euphoric stage during the hot sauce expo last year. I, I did the, uh, volcanic peppers, pizza eating competition, doom, and right away you, you kind of you, you really get it in the the smell and kind of the the fumes and it really kind of can just go straight to the back of your throat but it, it smells really good and when i first tasted it there's all, all these unique flavors that i really haven't tasted in other peppers just because I, i'm eating a lot more of the milder ones kind of like habanero scotch bonnet which are still pretty hot but they're it's a whole different level with the super hots but then i was getting kind of um sweat snot pins and needles on my face but then it was kind of this next stage where kind of the endorphins started kicking in and it was actually like i had a really kind of long natural high for for a while and um i i kind of had lasting effects for probably like five or six hours, but um, can you kind of describe kind of the, whether the journey from like the flavors to the feeling, um, you don't have to go into that many details if you're going into a different room uh, to talk about those experiences, but uh, I'm curious kind of like the the journey for these peppers and and if they're very different with um, some of the different types of super hots that you're growing. Uh, Well, yes, every, every super hot, the hotter you get, the different the experience, okay? Uh, but uh, in general, if you're looking at uh, uh, most of the uh, products that are out there commercially right now that people are selling seeds for, uh, when you eat them, uh, you get the distinct uh, tones of uh, the floral tones and the uh, tannin tones that uh, make up the flavonoids of the, uh, uh, of the peppers, Uh so you're like, for example, when you eat the Carolina Reaper, most people go, oh, that's sweet. That's not so bad. And then there's like a five to 10 second delay before mm-hmm. the heat starts kicking in. And then it feels like there's lava in your throat. And there's really nothing you can do about the heat on super hot. So I mean, we found that citric acid helps some, but uh, that heat just builds and builds and builds. And when your body senses all of that, it releases dopamine into your system that fills or fills the uh, receptors in your brain. And then you, that releases endorphins. So you get a rush that mm-hmm. the medical community has akin to either a narcotic high or a runner's high. Yep. So you're literally getting a high off the peppers from endorphin. And that's when people, even though they're still spicy, uh, they think the heat is going away and it's not really that it's going away. It's that your body is, uh, producing a reaction to counteract the chemical reaction we perceive as heat. Uh, so, uh, people will go, Oh, that wasn't so bad. And they'll eat some more and then they're devastated or they'll wait like 10 minutes and they'll drink something and it'll get hot again. Uh, you know, 
And then you go through that whole cycle of pain and then endorphin release, pain, endorphin release. And, yeah. you know, there's idiots like me and my team who, do, you know, we do it for fun. We, uh, literally, we've been testing a new tincture all morning long to get it to the right heat level and eating peppers all morning long. Wow. So, uh, you know, I've, we do this stuff to ourselves on purpose on a regular basis. Uh, but for the normal folk out there, it's not a pleasant experience. They really shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't do it without someone who can coach them through it. You know, yeah. that's why people freak out and say, oh, it burned a hole in my stomach. Well, no, it's impossible for a capsinoid to burn a hole in your stomach. It's more likely the crap you're eating to try <laughs> to get rid of it, you know, exactly. or your predisposition to stomach issues. We, we do it for the fun, you know, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, that fun is uh, very short-lived, and yeah. then the cramps kick in. The cramps kick in, and then you're in pain for a while. Uh, this is, this is a question that was just in my mind. Have a lot of people tried to sue you? Uh, no, no. There's no. Uh, okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, people have th- people have threatened to sue us, and uh, uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, uh, precedent out there that. Uh, Pretty much, if if you have all fair warning and you know yeah. it's hot, when you put it in your mouth, there's really not much you can do. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not like the food service industry, like McDonald's and stuff, where you know we're talking about hot liquids. Uh, people, when they're eating super hot peppers, they know they're eating super hot peppers. So, yeah, but the threats are there all the time. Heck, last year at the uh, uh, there was probably at the New York Expo. There were probably two dozen people who threatened to sue us after we warned them, "Don't eat that." You know, yeah. you're, you know, you were at our booth. You saw the craziness that was going on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think people have a lot of regrets regrets really fast when they do it. You know, they can think how how bad can hot sauce be, especially just a little dab. But yeah, it, it can it can be it can be tough. Um, yeah, and I I, I like to kind of. St- step back and hear a little bit about kind of the journey of how you got to, to where you are and, and, and really growing peppers. You're in South Carolina now and, and you've been working on a lot of these peppers for 10 plus years, but I'm curious how you originally started getting into um, to hot peppers uh, and farming. Well, uh, actually back when I went away to college, when I was a young man, uh, my parents told me I was going to die of heart disease or cancer, and I did research to find out how not to, not because I wanted to cure anything or, you know, really do do anything uh, uh, that was for uh, good motives, but because I was a party animal and I did not want to stop partying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, my research led me to peppers. It's one of the five indices that the uh, – the uh, uh, populations that have very low cancer or heart disease, uh, what they yeah. they eat peppers every day. Uh, so we did a lot of research with that, but uh, I, my party habit turned into an addiction, and uh, I, w- I pretty much was in and out of peppers throughout the 80s and 90s. I grew them all the time. You know, we ate them all the time. I I got involved with people in the hot sauce and uh, salsa community in in the Detroit area. Okay. Uh, But, uh, you know, I was not serious about it. I I was serious about making money so that I could keep on partying. But my life changed in 1999. I got clean, and uh, I immediately realized that, uh, you know, I was supposed to be working with peppers, and I started uh growing peppers again and then when i moved down here uh in uh i think it was 2001 uh to to south carolina yeah for the fourth time (laughs) when i moved down here uh i immediately you know i really started getting back into it and within a year i had 800 plants growing in the yard and i was making hot sauce and salsa and uh started you know, doing research with local universities shortly thereafter. I wasn't really looking to breed the hottest pepper in the world, but the first test we got out on what became the Carolina Reaper, while it was still unstable, was 1.275 million Scoville heat units. And uh, at the time, that was hotter than the Guinness record. Uh, So we 
you know, we, uh, I talked with the team at the university and they said, well, we got a plan needs to be stable. And, you know, they walked me through a whole bunch of things the scientific community needed. And we started that journey. And then uh, in 2009, one of the grad students, I think 2008 or 2009, one of the grad students published a study she did uh, showing a year average of 1.474 million, which at the time was still hotter than the Guinness record. So that's when I submitted to Guinness and we started a, uh, a four-year journey that ended in the uh, record being uh, gotten in 2013. Uh, from that time where I started with the 800 plants in the yard in 2002 until uh, then, we grew from, you know, a little teeny farm to a very, very big farm. You know, and uh, it's just, uh, God is amazing. I couldn't make up what's happened with, with what we're doing. I would have never expected this would come out of, you know, making hot sauce and salsa in the back you know, from the backyard in my kitchen. Wow. And that's an incredible story. And was there like any turning point within that where it's like, like, wow, like this is what I, I love doing or if there's anything that like kind of really changed, like this can be really more of a business than I ever originally set out. Yeah. In like 2011, uh, uh, some friends of mine who I'd grown up with uh, said, look, you this, you got. You need some help. This is a big boy business, and help not a little business. And we started the process of uh, actually become going from a sole proprietorship to an LLC, and uh, really uh, tightening down uh, all the all the legal parts of doing the business. Uh, yeah. At the time, I had I, at the time I had like 18 employees, and I was working full time at the bank. Uh, and we became a federal canning establishment. We did all, you know, we, we did all the things that you're supposed to do. Uh, and really, it, uh, that was the turning point from when it went to, to being a, uh, like the guy who's, you know, the sauce maker who's at the, uh, has a booth at the uh, local farmer's markets and has a yeah. little storefront in, a, in a, you know, uh I was in. I had a storefront at the time in a uh, a place that had about six. It was an old mall that had about six hundred spots, and then uh, we went to getting our own store and our own kitchens. You know, instead of using commercial kitchens. Then in uh, two thousand, oh, it was it was two thousand. 11 or 12 january 2012 my wife said you got 29 people working for you wow. what are you still doing at the bank and, uh, <laughs> that's that's when i stopped working at the bank yeah wow 29 people and you were still working that's that's a uh, incredible and, and were those people well, all I, I had made i had made a promise that i wouldn't uh I wouldn't uh, stop working at the bank until all our debt was paid off and she relieved me of that promise uh, one thing I can caution to everybody out there, never break a promise to your wife, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so that's essentially why I was still working just because I told her I would. Yeah. Good man. Uh, well, I, I know some things that you've done a lot is breeding peppers and uh, my dad yeah. and I have, we've been growing our own, Peppers. Um, I, I really love uh, these golden ghost peppers that I've been growing for a while, and they're they're just really flavorful. But there's some other different types that I'm I'm thinking like uh, these would be really interesting if these combinations blend together. So I make a hot sauce with those two. But I'm curious. Um, I really don't know much about breeding peppers or, or how to go about that. And don't give away any of your secrets. And I'm sure you wouldn't. But I'm curious, like. For people that are just kind of thinking about starting to breed peppers, do you have any um, kind of advice or could kind of walk through that process a little bit on a, a high level? Uh, the simplest way to do it, the very simplest way to do it, is you, you find the two parent plants that you want uh, to try to cross and you take the pollen from one and put it into the flower of the other. Uh, some people take the whole flowers 
and rub them together. Some people grow the plants right next to each other to try mm-hmm. to get them to cross-pollinate. Uh, but nightshades are self-pollinating, so uh, indices across pollination are very rare. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, once that flower opens, it's essentially usually uh, uh, you know pollinated itself. But uh, you just as, you can take like small fine paintbrushes and paint the pollen from one flower to another, and then you you let it grow out and see what you get. And if you get something yep. you like, get the seeds from that, grow it again, take pictures, freeze some, you know, yeah, uh, and grow it out again. And if you get the uh, same pod shape or pod characteristics or heat level or whatever it is you're looking for. Uh, with the second, you know, the, the first generation of the grow, uh, then keep on taking seeds and keep on doing it. You're going to have, uh, you know, it, it's not very, it's not an exact, it, it doesn't really work that much. Uh, I would say maybe a good number is one to two out of 10 cross pollinations okay. actually, actually provide something that works through the first generation. Uh, most of the time when people say they've developed a new pepper, it's just an off, you know, of the same pepper or a different color of the same pepper. Like, your, for example, your golden butt uh, is just someone got, you know, gold-colored pods off of one of their plants. They planted the seeds. They reproduced that same thing. They started really harvesting seeds and, re, you know, then started selling them. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's not a new pepper. That's just a color variation of the same pepper. Or people will say, uh, you know, I've had people approach me saying, oh, look, I got a super reaper. You know, I got this new thing in a crossbred, and then I show them pictures from regular reaper plants of the same exact looking pot. And it's not that it's a, uh, a new pepper. It's a variation of the pod shape. Uh, Interesting. Because okay. I, I would, I would say, like, go to the habanero bin at your local supermarket. Uh, you'll be hard pressed to find two habaneros that look exactly the same. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't discourage anybody from trying to breed out something like that, but uh, it's not as easy as people think right. to actually develop something. Yeah, and, and there's it also a, there's. Like just in, in terms of being able to track that and the different combinations, I'm, I'm sure that takes a lot of organization and, and just like keep trying to keep track of, of different combinations and, and because uh, with a lot of them not working and uh, different combinations and all the different peppers, even on the same plant. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we, we, get the, we get professionals involved right away. Uh, so that geneticists and botanists and chemists and biologists are following uh, the track of a plant that we think is looking promising because uh, it's got to be certified as stable in order to be, uh, uh, you know, put out to Guinness. And if you're mm-hmm. going to use it commercial, commercially, you've got to get the product stable and then be able to grow massive amounts of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for the, the community to use. So we track that stuff from the very first year. Uh, if it looks promising on the first year, uh, we show the professionals what we're doing. And then they come and look at the second year and start tracking it all the way through till then. Uh, but we keep a massive amount of data on all of the plants. Wow. Uh, that's, um, and I, I, I used to try breeding hundreds of different crossbreeds a year. Uh, we're, I've got so many F4 and F5 generation seeds that I don't, we're just going to start releasing them because we don't even, we don't even know what to do with them anymore. <laughs> and now, we, you know, now we just, we literally, we, we only try to do like 10 to 20 a year now of stuff that we know is already hot and then bring it with other stuff to try to make it hotter. Uh, cool. You know, because it's 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 a tiresome, tiresome task. I I can imagine, but yeah, especially when you're kind of thinking about uh, producing it 
on a large scale afterwards and having it certified by, by Guinness. Um, something well, a, that a very, a very large, a very smart man, uh, who I had a lot of respect for, uh, once told me, you know, a hot pepper is a good thing. It's a novelty, but unless you can give me, you know, 10,000 pounds of it to make hot sauce with, mm-hmm. I have no use for it. And I thought about that and I thought about, okay, if we can't, you know, having the Guinness record is great, but if we can't supply the world with hot sauce with it, the yeah. market's not there. Yeah. So there's a lot of strategic planning that also goes into producing these things. Yeah. You know? And, and that was something that you, your name actually came up in our last podcast episode with Gene from Karma Sauce. And, uh, oh yeah, I love their stuff. Yeah. And, uh, he grows his own hot peppers as you know. And, and one thing that he wants to do is like, obviously, um, he's been in high demand. Um, and I'm sure you have too for, for a long time, but his thing that he wants to work on and something that you're doing already is kind of giving back to the hot sauce community, uh, and actually, hot sauce makers with, with uh, mash. And, and that's something yeah. he, he was talking about that you have um, some of the, the best matches. And I, I'm curious, like if you could talk about some of the, the elements that you think make it a great mash. Okay. Well, uh, one, we're uh, USDA certified organic farms. So uh, there's no pesticides, no, no, uh, no, you know, we don't use fertilizers. We don't use things that really, uh, uh, I believe, affect uh, mm-hmm. plant growth and the way that plants taste. Uh, so, like, for example, for our pesticides, we use ladybugs and prey mantis and lacewings and things like that. Uh, for our fertilizers, we only use 100% natural, like fish emulsion. Uh, everything is USDA certified that goes in. But when we harvest peppers, when, when, when they're picking the peppers out in the field, if they see any blemish at all, that pepper gets thrown to the ground. We don't use anything that has a blemish or a, say, you know, because we don't use pesticides, sometimes we get, you know, wormholes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Anything that has a blemish at all is called. They are also removing the stem and the calyx when they do that. And most mashes uh, contain... <laughs> the stem and the calyx of a pepper. And then when they come here to the washroom and the group that's washing them cleans them off, if they see any blemishes, they're called again. So that, that two-part culling uh, gets rid of the majority of what we're looking for, you know, what we're looking to get rid of. Yep. And then when it, get, when it gets to our kitchen, the people who are cooking the mash are going through the peppers again not as deeply as the other two stages, but they're just making sure everything they have is a, a perfect looking fruit. Depending on the type of pepper, because you have to have a certain acidity for the process authority, depending on the type of pepper, our mashes can be anywhere from uh, 6% vinegar uh, to 12% vinegar, uh, which is really uh, a very, very low concentration of vinegar in there. Most people are used to getting salt mashes, too, which are not, yep. you know, it's it's got an unhealthy amount of salt in it and not that high a concentration of pepper. It's mostly water. But, you know, some, for some sauces, that works. I mean, there are, there are sauces out there. I particularly don't like salt, but there are some salt, you know, salt mash sauces out there that I do like. Uh, because they have such a low quantity of them in there. But we're making the cleanest, freshest product out there, and that's why major manufacturers contract us every year to uh, take care of their pepper needs. And we also supply the the guy who's only doing the weekend farmer's market, you know, because if we all succeed, we, you know, we all succeed, we all succeed, and that's yeah. truly where it is. And I think that having that product and that mantra is what's kept this business growing up an unprecedented rate you know yeah, absolutely yeah and that's that's what i love uh, about just everyone that i talk to and everyone i come across um speaking with them and and hearing about them is it, just kind of it's all about making good 
making good hot sauce, making it the right way. Um, everyone likes competition because it, it brings bar awareness to, to kind of local hot sauce and, uh, it, and it makes people's products better if there, there's competition. So, um, yeah, as- like at, like at our, our storefront here in Fort Mill, we have a, we have a, a wall that is dedicated to other people's products. And there's a few products that we carry all the time because people love them here. But the majority of the products are just new people who we're either doing business with and we support their product for them and get it, get it exposed to the local community and to our web base. Or it's just stuff I've, I've tried at a, a hot sauce show that I think is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I'm exposing people to it. People should not be afraid of other people's products. Uh, there's plenty of room out there for all of us to succeed. I hate when people talk bad about someone's product or give it a, you know, there's people who review things and give it in a negative review. You're not helping the community then. You're not doing a, a service to anybody. What you're doing is serving your own ego. Uh, we can all succeed if we all work together. You know? Absolutely. Well, what are some of your favorite kind of small batch craft hot sauces? Uh, right now I've been going crazy on Dawson sauce out of Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, that's really, really good. Oh, you, you need to try it. It's, it's amazing stuff. And I, I really, really like, uh, I like, uh, Burns and McCoy's stuff. I yeah. love, uh, uh, here's what's in my fridge at home. Dawson's Burns and McCoy born to hula, big fats, high river sauces, uh, queen majesty. Love it. Uh, uh, truth serum. Yeah. Uh, I forget what they changed their name. They, they just moved from, uh, Oregon to the Midwest. Uh, I got Scotty Ohati in there and then, uh, what else do I have in there? Oh, a lot of our stuff. <laughs> That's a nice selection there. My wife actually made me put a whole new fridge in the house because <laughs> I was taking up too much room in our fridge. And literally, the door and two fridges and two shelves and another fridge are just filled with other people's hot sauce. Yeah. Oh, That's- oh and, and I am going nuts over if you haven't had Humboldt hot sauces eat beer, that is a fantastic Reaper sauce. Mm, I have not tried that, but uh, they've done a craft hot sauce profile and a lot of the other ones that you mentioned have too, but I, I have. I forgot to mention Cully. This is funny because my wife won't eat our hot sauce, but she loves Cully's hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have some really nice ones. I love their uh, sriracha and their, their um, habanero. Louisiana style. And if, if you've now tried the fiery Chipotle that uh, heat mist carries for the hot ones, that is an amazing sauce too. I used it to make a uh, beef brisket the other day. I marinated a beef brisket in it and it was fantastic. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I, I have like a, a fridge with about 10 hot sauces in there and I don't even know my, my own like what goes in through my head about like what I use on, on different things. But like, do, do you, are you kind of thinking about the food? And I, I'm sure like there's some ones where you're just like, um, I, I was using Peplish, uh, they're out of Queens, New York, and, and they had a, a peach agave um, hot sauce that I would just, I went through half the bottle in, in two days because I was just putting on everything. <laughs> yeah, that, Is it just kind of like what you're feeling or, or uh, how, how do you go about picking a hot sauce? When you got 10 in your Well, uh, we're taco people at the house, so probably Mm. four days of the week we're eating tacos. And depending on what meat I'm using in those tacos is what sauce I'm thinking about using. But what happens is I usually when, you know, because I cook with some of the sauce when I'm making the meat. So I use something as as a base. You know, for example, like... uh, I'll use our Voodoo Prince Death Mamba because of the spices that's, that are in it when I'm cooking the meat, whatever, you know, if it's a ground meat, say ground buffalo. I love buffalo uh, or elk. And then uh, what I wind up doing is putting like six or seven sauces on the table 
and I'm just pairing different sauces yeah. with the stuff that's on it. And usually, it, I'm usually I'm, there's at least two sauces per taco. But nice. I, I eat a I eat a stupid amount of hot sauce and peppers. It's not, <laughs> normal people just don't do that. And, and do um, you like? Do you use like the super hots? Like I know Burns and McCoy, they have like a really hot all natural uh, pepper sauce, and you do too. But do you, or do you use the morning for eating your hot like your super hots, and then in the afternoon you, you might stick with more of the the mild and mediums. No, it's a mix of everything. Like yeah. that, the <laughs> Dawson sauce I was telling you about earlier, none of it's hot to me, uh, but the flavor is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I like, uh, they've got a uh, chocolate one that is just superb, but it's not hot to me. So I mix that chocolate one with some Reaper mash and then put that on something, you know, uh, because I like, I like Reaper mash, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not, it's really combining flavors for me. So I, I, I get the experience that I'm looking for. Whereas, you know, like every Saturday, most of my team comes over to eat. We're always, we're cooking something crazy. You know, we, so, <laughs> you know <laughs> we're cooking a lot of food and then we're trying all sorts of different stuff while we're doing it. Uh, so it, it could be, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It comes in plastic bottles and this carries it adobo or something like that. Uh, but they're, they have like eight different flavors and one of them mixes really, really well with that X, X, curum or whatever the Burns and McCoy yeah, super hot one is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you mix those two together, it makes uh. a fantastic marinade for chicken. Okay, it really does. Nice. It's just amazing. Uh, so we're doing that kind of stuff with sauces. That's you know? cool. I, I like that. And and then we're all taking. I I literally have a box of taster spoons in my house, and uh, we we just sit there challenging challenging each other to you know, stupid <laughs> stuff like taking those hot sauce, so- the soup, stupid hot sauces, and then adding tinctures to them. Oh or putting God. pieces of pepper in it, and you know, seeing how many. That's when I had to in in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And, and so, you, the, the your name popped in the news again a lot in the, in the fall when you came out with Pepper X. Can you? Yeah. You got some more in, in development and some in your back pocket, but can you tell me a little bit about? Pepper X, and also uh, I, I've been hooked on uh, Hot Ones, the, the YouTube channel, and and, and the, it sounds like there's been a collaboration with Pepper X and the Heatonist. Um, and we had somebody asking one of our followers, Trevor, about like kind of the, the, the what the development of that sauce, uh, how did that go about, and wanted to kind of hear a little bit about the story behind that. Okay, well, I've known I've known Noah for a few years since the Heatonist opened, and uh, the Hot Ones was looking for an all-natural uh, number ten for their lineup, mm-hmm. and Noah approached me and said, "Look, Ed, I know you've got peppers in your back pocket, and I know you've got quantities of them. Can we do a sauce for the Hot Ones?" And I've been supplying them with peppers for the show for a long time, uh, but. Uh, I, I was like, yeah, I got this one that uh, I think is really, really good. And I've been, you know, I told him the spices that I've been using to make a little sauce at home. And he's like, he was like, well, well, whip me up some and send it up and let me have everybody taste it. And when they tasted it, they were like, holy crap, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was the Ed version, not the normal version for people, you know. Yeah. And they were like, okay, yeah, this is it, this is it, this is it. Uh, so what I did, that's right about when uh, Guinness, I submitted, you know, paperwork to start the uh, the Pepper X thing to try to get it uh, certified as the next world record. But then uh, Guinness changed my record and they took ours down off the, you know, they took it down off the website and said it was no longer a personal record. You got to follow these rules for product endorsement. And uh, so uh, 
I told the guys, look, we got, I got to recertify the Reaper because I have contracts for the Reaper as the world's hottest right now. And, uh, I got to get through this process. And they were like, Oh, well, let's still go for it. And, uh, so we released pepper X on the world, you know, and it was yeah. funny because someone claimed to have stolen it from one of my farms. And the place they said they stole it from, we only grow Fresnos and jalapenos on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's really funny because, you know, yeah. it, just, it's just, it, you know, the, the way some people work in this community just is, is baffling to me. We, we grew what I thought was going to be a substantial amount of uh, those peppers for this sauce. And uh, we wound up having to harness the green ones at the frost to be able to keep up with production. And then, you know, uh, when all of that mash ran out, uh, the next one, they did a reaper sauce, you know, with it. And they're about to they're about to come out with another version with another pepper just because the demand for the sauce has been so high. And I think what it is. I think what it is is it's the flavor of the sauce that is causing the demand, not just the pepper, uh, because 99.999% of the feedback we've gotten from customers is it was too hot to eat, but it was delicious. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, there are those guys, you know, who say uh, that wasn't hot at all, and they can all be tied to certain facebook pages but uh you know for the majority of the public that's buying this are not used to super hot so even super hots in a uh a quantity like we've got in those sauces are is just too much for them yeah. Uh, yeah. so they're getting they're getting an experience that really makes them feel part of a community and a tv show okay and then uh we're playing in, I think we're growing, uh, we're growing, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'll have to talk about it, but we're growing a crap ton of it this year. Uh, so there will be uh, plenty of the Pepper X version available. And when Guinness certifies it, if and when they certify it, it will become the next world record. And then there'll be plenty of sauce with it. And I've, uh, I've given outside of our uses here i've given uh them exclusive rights to that one so we'll awesome. we'll we'll keep that going as long as they want it going so so people don't need to to worry that there's not going to be a lack of of hot hot sauces coming their way no 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 <laughs> no okay. we've actually uh tripled our amount of organic land this year so wow uh yeah it, it's getting hot Okay, I got some. And I think I think we were the the largest organic hot pepper farm in the nation before. So uh, there's wow. larger farms that just do jalapenos and things like that, but they're few and far between. And how large is your farm? I'm not allowed to talk about that anymore. It's okay. Very big. Fair enough. Okay, I got some. We don't, uh, want, pe- we don't want people looking for the rest of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I got some rapid fire questions for you, Ed. Dream dinner party. Pick a few people, living or dead, to attend. Uh, three people who, who would be at your dinner. I would like to have uh, John Wayne. I think he's the greatest American ever. Uh, I would also like to have John F. Kennedy. And I would love to have Sean Evans. And the two of nice. us do a wing challenge with the other two. <laughs> I love it. I, mean, I feel like uh, we could reach out to to Hot Ones and try to get some like uh, some holograms and uh, actually simulate that. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, you you might have just gotten one of the new <laughs> shows for the next season now. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, and uh, we'll, what would that I'll give you credit if it happens? Okay, <laughs> I'll hold you to that. What would that final meal be? Uh, if it was my final meal, I would have ice cream. Ice cream? <laughs> With hot sauce? Ice cream. Uh, I put a hot sauce on my ice cream right now, I guess. Really? Uh, okay. But I, I would like just some regular old chocolate chip ice cream. There you go. And, and Ed, what's your favorite band? 
my favorite band in the world is Primus. Though I must say, uh, now let me change that. The Clash, probably. The Clash is probably number one. What Primus is a close second. Okay. Somebody else asked a question. Uh, we we kind of did a mailbag telling people that you're going to be on the podcast, and somebody asked, um, "What do you know now that you had wish you known when you started growing peppers and starting with Puck, Pucker Butt Pepper Company?" I would I would have never announced the name of the Carolina Reaper until we got the Guinness World Record, uh, because people who I thought were my friends. Uh, stole stuff from me and took our ULRs and took, took things before I got them done. And it, uh, it, yeah, it was, it, I lost some friendships over it. It's not about the losing the money or anything like that. It's the friendships I lost because of people's greed Mm. uh, that, that I really regret. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Yeah. That's the only thing I would change. Everything else has been a learning experience. And I truly believe that uh, nothing bad happens in your life, only things you can learn from and change your life with, you know? Absolutely. That's, that's good advice. And do you have any other advice for, for people, whether um, they're kind of in your area, just starting their own company or, or if they're hot sauce lovers, um, do you kind of have any advice to, to some of the people that might be listening to this podcast? 99% of us who are in the industry currently will freely share all the information we have with you. All you have to do is ask. Those who won't do it aren't worth asking. <laughs> That's awesome. That's well, good. I, I have never said no to anybody who has emailed me and asked me questions. You know, unless they ask her, oh, can you give me, you know, a thousand of your newest, hottest pepper seeds? so that I can grow them. I'm not going to do it anything with them. You know, you don't need a thousand seeds if (laughs) if you're not doing anything with them. I I think that's everyone who's ever asked me for help. We've gotten literally hundreds of businesses started in this local area because people took the risk and walked in and asked for help. And that's all you need to do. Everyone I know in this community will help you. If you ask, I've, can attest to that. I, I've uh, experienced that myself. And, uh, and I, I want to thank you so much for, for taking your time. It's been awesome hearing more about your story and, um, and for everyone else that's joined. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of people that you mentioned, uh, that their future guests on the podcast or have them have been in the past. So it's been really fun to learn more and to, and to share with, with our listeners um, about more about awesome. your story. Um, lastly, kind of before we go, where can, can people uh, connect with you, find your hot sauces? I also have a question if you're going to be at the, the New York Hot Sauce Expo this year. Yeah, yeah. We'll be at uh, the expo this year. We'll be at all the expos this year. And they can find our stuff at www.puckerbuttpeppercompany.com. Uh, my personal email is right on there, and you can email me directly if you have any questions. Awesome. Ed, well, thank you so much. Any final last words before we go? It's been an honor and a pleasure, brother. I'm really glad you reached out to me. I enjoy your podcast. Well, that was a pleasure speaking to Ed. Hope you all enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to catching up with him and a bunch of others at the New York Hot Sauce Expo this weekend. I'm going to be adding a lot of hot sauces from the expo to crafthotsauce.com and our monthly subscription club. So if you're interested in trying out some new Screaming Mimi Award winners, good luck to everyone that submitted hot sauces. Um, Check out our site, crafthotsauce.com. We also got a lot of new followers recently, so if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, uh, you just got to search Craft Hot Sauce on iTunes or your favorite podcast player and we'd appreciate a review. Um, so earlier you heard from Sun Parade, uh, but here Psycho again. They're playing with Brazilian girls at Brighton Music Hall in Boston on May 6th and then playing at one of my favorite venues in Northampton, Bishop's Lounge. So thanks for tuning in uh, for another episode, and I'll see ya.